Welcome to Hudson Valley Uncensored. My name is Brett Freeman. I'm the publisher and owner of a media company in the Hudson Valley, New York. I launched this podcast to highlight and discuss topics without fear. My aim is to have a free exchange of ideas and an open and honest discussion on the issues of the day. Welcome to Hudson Valley Uncensored. This is our weekly editorial roundup with Tom Walagorski. He's the editor of North Salem News and the Somers Record. We have Brian Marshauser. He's the editor of Yorktown News and the Katona Lewisboro Times. And we have Bob Dumas, editor of Mayapac News. We're recording this at the end of August. Uh, we're heading into September. And this is the 20th anniversary coming up of 9-11. I know in Mayapac, they're planning something fairly big to uh, memorialize the anniversary. And Bob, if you can share that with us. Yeah, well, actually, it's a countywide thing and it's being held in Carmel. And what it is, is the Putnam, and I'm going to read a little bit just so I get this right, but there's a a program run by the county. It's called the Putnam County Youth Court Program. And kids between 12 and 17, I believe, can sign up for it. And they go through a rigorous 10-week training program was that started by Judge Reach, by the way? No, that's the drug court. You're okay, on. all right. Yeah, yeah. And they, this program, which is run by the Putnam County Youth Bureau, was chosen as one out of 25 in all of the United States to be honored. And 9-11 is also known as the 9-11 Day of National Service. So because of what they've done, they were chosen for this big ceremony on 9-11 to be honored, one out of 25 in America. And so they're having a big ceremony over at the Donald Smith campus in Carmel. The ceremony will take place at 8.46 and 40 seconds, which I guess is when the first plane hit the tower. And so this program includes kids from all over the county, including obviously some from Mayapac. And uh, we'll be there. We'll cover it. We'll have a photographer there. And it should be it should be pretty cool. And uh, Brian, I hear also, I guess they're unveiling a mural or they did unveil a mural in Yorktown. Is that, is that right? Yeah, it's already actually unveiled. If you go on East Main Street in Shreboke, where Yorktown has its Shreboke Memorial, where they honored the five residents who died in the attacks on the World Trade Center. In that pavilion there, they spruced it up. They added a big mural on a wall. It's really nice. I think it it was actually done by a Somers artist, Christopher Rios. He's very talented. Uh, So it covers both of our towns in that respect. But uh, yeah, it's already unveiled. If you drive by on East Main Street, you can check it out. And I'm sure Yorktown will be holding its 9-11 ceremony as usual this year. They hold it every year there. But they just have, they haven't announced the specifics yet, but I'm sure it's going to be held on that Saturday, September 11th. All right. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, and uh, Bob, actually, just going back to you, uh, I guess, anything else on your radar? Well, you know, the the issue of masks and vaccinations and that sort of thing in the schools, of course, now that we have a new governor in play, there's a school board meeting tonight. I'm sure that'll be number one on the agenda. There'll be parents there. So we'll see what happens. But Superintendent Anthony Kupchik and the new governor has, as we know, issued a mask mandate for staff and kids and vaccines for the staff and faculty. And uh, Anthony DiCarlo, the superintendent, has already indicated that they will obey mandates simply because 
if they didn't and somebody got sick, very sick or died from it, they would could be held liable. He's already talked with his insurance companies and lawyers and they have all told him, you know, you better follow the mandates. And so I think it's a fait accompli, uh, but I'm sure there'll be parents there tonight who will encourage the board to ignore the mandate. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Because, you know, I, I don't know what to expect nowadays. Anything's possible. It could be crickets chirping, but we'll see. You know, The good thing that's happened, I live in Connecticut for our listeners, and um, the good thing that's happening in my school district, which I'm very happy about, and I'm hoping that's the case with uh, the, the districts we cover, uh, because I think it'll make all the difference, is now if you are masked, if you're a student, you're masked, you're within at least three feet away from another student and that other student tests positive for COVID but is asymptomatic, then the rest of the class does not have to quarantine. So that could really just make a difference in terms of, you know, keeping students in the classroom. You know, unfortunately, my kids are actually missing the first couple of days of school because we all have to quarantine because my wife has COVID. So uh, we're going to be getting tested probably at least a couple of times before we're all out, out in public again. But I do think it could make all the difference in a school district if they kind of loosen their quarantine restrictions. I don't know if you know, know anything about that. You hit the nail on the head. I think that's the main reason they really want the masks is it affects the quarantine. The, the goal is to have kids in the class five days a week. And if somebody gets sick with COVID and they're all masked, but, you know, not as many people have to quarantine. But if it's unmasked free for all, then, you know, they're going to have to quarantine the whole class. And Jeff, that was the same thing that Carlos said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same, uh, same thing in North Salem. Actually, I, I sat down with uh, um, Dr. Freeston, the superintendent yesterday, and he was saying the same thing that the, um, the, the quarantine is going to be on a very case by case basis, depending on the scenario and, you know, level of exposure and masks and everything. But it definitely seems like it's a, a step forward from where it was, like Brian said, like just a, you know, a mask was free for all. And then, you know, what that turns into. And, and Tom, I know you were saying uh, before the show that uh, North Salem just also announced a, a policy with their teachers as well. Yep, they're going to be going with the uh, the mandate from uh, from our the, the new governor and basically saying that it's going to be a required masking for all students K through 12 as well as faculty and staff will be either have to be vaccinated or they're going to have to submit to weekly testing. And that's in accordance with the um you know the mandate from the governor's office and everything, but that's how they're going to proceed, you know, as the as the new school year kicks off. Is anyone hearing anything from teachers or any kind of pushback at all from the, about this about the vaccination? I haven't heard anything personally, but I'm, I'm sure it exists out there. Yeah. Uh, nobody's come to me with that opinion yet, nor have I seen it uh, publicly stated by any teachers union. Yeah, I, 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 I haven't heard it directly yet either. I think the state teachers union has endorsed it. I could be wrong, but there was a press release that they issue. I always get it from them I mean, because it's state. I don't usually pay too much attention to it, but I believe they came out, you know, in favor of on at least masks, I don't know what uh, if they've said anything about vaccine, but that was the teachers' union, the statewide teachers' union. Okay, all right. And uh, Tom, going back to you, I know there's another uh, big thing being discussed in North Salem. If you want to, yeah, you know, exciting news in North Salem is five uh, G is five G is coming. The town board and the uh, planning board are kind of working in conjunction and um, basically trying to figure out the placement of possible antennas uh, within the town. Basically, the way five G works is that. You need to have more antennas and towers, and the more of those you have, the better connectivity you have, which allows more people access to the 5G. Now, is this through Verizon? 
Uh, yep, it's through Verizon and a, um, a company called Homeland Towers, LLC. They're starting to enter into an agreement with the town. And the town actually at their last board meeting signed what they call a shot clock order, which basically just authorizes the procedure to move forward so that they can keep working towards this agreement and figure out where to place the towers and everything. But it's called the shot clock order because it's meant to move the process along in a timely fashion. My understanding of 5G, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that with 5G, it's cellular and it might take the place, be kind of in lieu of being hardwired into the internet with your house. So um, now you no longer have to, they have the cable companies and you can actually have high-speed internet just through cellular. Am I correct about that? that uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it works. And uh, no, this, this this could be a big deal just for everybody's, uh, you know, general connectivity. And, you know, it is the, the world that we live in now, you know, internet connection is, uh, you know, is essential, so. And I, I do just on social media, I, I see people in North Salem and Somers and our various towns kind of complain about the internet being down. So I, I do think this could be a nice game changer, you know, especially with a lot of people working from home, it could be a nice game changer. Oh, absolutely. And you just see how essential it is. And, you know, in our lives here, we're, you know, we don't have the internet and we lose the server. We're, we're dead in the water. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So now they just need to find that balance of where to place these towers. Um, one of the big points of contention in the town is, um, have it placing a tower at the Hammond Museum and Japanese Stroll Garden on DeVoe Road. If you're in the area driving down there and you know, you'll see there's the wicket signs posted everywhere. And basically they don't want to ruin any of the aesthetics of the area. And um, I don't know if anybody's ever been there, but um, the Hammond Museum and the Stroll Garden, it's a, it's a very nice area. It's very peaceful. Explain those, these signs. What are the wicket signs? They're just wicket signs, just some, basically just saying no cell tower placement at the, at the Hammond Museum. When you say wicket, explain exactly what that stands for. Oh, I'm sorry. Those little signs that you see, like the ones that are similar to use for political campaigns, the ones that are just stuck on people's lawns. Oh, got it. Okay, okay. all right. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I haven't heard anything about that in Carmel Rea Pack, but this town has, over the last three or four years, been staunchly anti-tower. I mean, the county wanted to put in one because they wanted to improve their emergency services connections. You know, there was dead spots, you know, and they want the EMS and emergency services to be able to communicate better. But they, they, um, there was so much blowback against putting up a tower in town that they, they, you know, even though it was to help, you know, ambulances and fires, they, they still protested against it and they, they got squashed. And of course, there's been a couple other more recent cases that got squashed because there was so much protest. I mean, just packing the town hall during public hearings. So now they want to bring in 5G. And I remember those were 4G towers and people were already saying, you know, brace yourself because 5G is coming and get ready, you know, for your protests for that. So, you know, I haven't, there hasn't been any uh, actual site plan uh, submissions yet, but it's going to be interesting to see if that comes down the pike, you know, so. I think there's probably some nuance that I have a feeling if you ask people, do they want 5G in their town? The answer would be yes. Do they want it in their backyard? The, the answer is probably no. Well, well yeah, they keep saying these towers need to go in industrial zoned areas or commercially zoned areas, which is all well and good, but that's not going to fill all the dead spots. There's sometimes where they got to go in residential areas to complete the map, you know? So, um, well, I can tell you as somebody who was shopping for a home for about two years, the cell coverage of an area played a pretty big role in where I bought a home. I would go into certain towns and neighborhoods and we would have just little dead spots and wouldn't even consider the place. That's very interesting. Very interesting. So it makes it easier, you know, might 
bring up the property values, just being able to have cell phone coverage. Yeah, I mean, it, and it affects a lot of things. In my towns right now, in Lewisboro and Yorktown, they're sending out surveys to residents that kind of asking their opinions on how offensive do they find these poles? Um, do they prefer when they're dressed up like trees or painted brown or things like that? They're really trying to make a plan for this wireless telecommunications thing because it's no longer a luxury, it's a necessity. And I think they realize that. And I've always been one of those people who just, I guess I have a pretty relaxed attitude toward them. I just, I'm not that offended by them. I know how necessary they are. So I kind of put up with the visual pollution of it. So I do appreciate when they try to disguise them as trees, like badly disguised, (laughs) like, ah, yes, everybody's fooled. But yeah, like Brian said, it's a necessity. And uh, I just want to stress that as far as North Salem goes, this is still in the, I mean, the process is moving forward, but a lot of this is still in the preliminary phase. And one of the things that comes with moving forward is that there will eventually be a public hearing about this matter for residents to weigh in. And that's uh, that's still being scheduled. But you know, everyone will have a chance to make their voice heard as you know as this moves forward. And do you think that this could be, I mean, I guess with the signs you're talking about, you know, there are people who still don't, you know, they don't want it. Yeah, there was a, at the at the um, the Hammond Museum's spring or summer opening, they actually had, a, it was a small, you know, a small peaceful protest and everything, but there were definitely people that came out to stand on the side of the road, you know, with their signs and make their voices heard, so. It'll be interesting to see how that uh, how that movement goes forward, especially when there's a public hearing. So there's no rioting or anything like that? Not yet. <laughs> okay. So I, I guess, Brian, I, I know that you, um, you're you exploring some interesting thing that's really been talked about throughout the United States, uh, which is some struggles that businesses are having right now. If you could elaborate, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I think when you walk around any town in any of our communities, you know, especially hitting the grocery stores and the restaurants, they have all these help wanted signs out. And nowadays, it's not just seeing those signs on the doors. You log onto Facebook and they're all just kind of pleading that, you know, we need help. We're hiring and we can't uh, find anyone. I I know even in Somers, Froggies, right? They just uh, stopped making pizza because they couldn't have enough people. So, you know, I put out a call to action. I was looking for people to reach out to me, people who had experienced something similar or people who said, you know what, we're having endless amounts of employees. We have a waiting list. That would that would be fine too. I'm not looking for any particular angle on this. So Yorktown Pizza and Pasta, which is a establishment in Yorktown, they've been there for 31 years. They reached out to me, said they were interested in speaking with me. So I went there with my camera and I, I, I recorded our conversation. And, you know, they basically told me, We've been here for 31 years and we've never had trouble finding an employee like we are now. They actually hadn't made a hire, a new hire in almost two years until recently. <laughs> when I was there, they actually had a 16-year-old girl working there and they said, she's an alien, a 16-year-old who actually wants to work. We're having trouble finding people like this. And it's especially hitting them hard with uh, delivery drivers. They can't find kids who want to work on Friday and Saturday nights, which would be the best nights for tips. You would, you know, that's when you make all your money, you know. But they're just struggling big time. And I know they've had to, they don't do deliveries on one day. Like I think it's Tuesdays they don't do deliveries on anymore because they can't get anyone for those days. They had to shorten some hours already. And it's really putting a burden on the owner, um, Joe Giuliani, uh, Joe Giuliano and his son, Mike. And, you know, I, I think uh, Joe works 80 hours a week and he lives in Connecticut. So with the commute, he, he said he's working about 100 hours a week. So right now he's he's really putting in effort and if you want to dive into why this is happening i guess that's the big reason there's a lot of it i mean it could be fear of covid maybe kids just don't want to work because they're afraid of getting sick uh could be an attitude generational thing right so no one's really sure why this is happening i know a lot of people have, have blamed unemployment benefits but i think when it comes to high schoolers i don't know if that's really relevant 
Could it, be. It, actually, one explanation I heard in terms of at least finding high school students is that high school students are taking the place a little bit of some jobs that adults would normally have because for whatever reason, you know, for whatever reason, I guess unemployment benefits, who knows? I mean, who knows what the reason is? So uh, the so high, there's a domino effect, you're saying. Exactly. So the high school students have maybe some jo- higher level jobs and just being, a, you know, uh, in delivery or whatever. Not to say there's anything wrong with delivery, but... Um, hey, I, I still deliver sometimes. Oh, so, yeah, oh, so it's, <laughs> it's funny you brought that <laughs> up. It. Because I, I hadn't really thought about it before, but I, I use a service to have my groceries delivered because I currently am not driving. And I use Topps Market and Carmel, and it's a company called Instacart that actually does the, the shopping and the delivery. So I've been using them for about three months now. And I'd say half the time, it's the people bringing my groceries are senior citizens. Sometimes it's a couple. And I feel so bad because they're like older than me, you know, and they're hauling these groceries down these steps that lead to my apartment, you know, and uh, sometimes it's younger kids, but I'd say 50% of the time, it's people older than me that are making the deliveries. And I don't know what that says, you know, but I was startled the first time it happened when they showed up on my doorstep with the groceries, you know, I was like, wow. Yeah, I can tell you a lot about Grubhub. That was actually the service I I worked with a few times, but we can dive down that rabbit hole a lot. I think it's it's related conversation, but somewhat different. And, you know, what they do to these small businesses like Yorktown Pizza and Pasta. But yeah, I know that they're hurting quite a bit and they're they're just trying to find employees and, and you know, they, they're trying to, you know, they'll do what they have to do in terms of increasing wages. And um, I think they said they're starting people now where, you know, they would have had to work there a year to get to that place now. Now they're just starting them at that place. And, and you know, some places I know they said are doing signing bonuses almost in a way like you sign up to work for us now, we'll give you 500 bucks something like that. They're trying to do what they can to, to attract uh, high school kids. You know, that's the clientele. That's what, that's what they're looking for. You're not going to find, uh, you know, career professional delivery drivers. Um, and I think everyone should work those jobs. I worked retail. I worked uh, in a grocery store. I worked a delivery driver. I think they build character and I think they're great. So I will say my, the best job that my, my most favorite job I ever had was a Domino's delivery guy. So um, <laughs> I, I had a lot of fun that summer. Yeah, I, del- I delivered pizzas in college. I got, uh, I got some stories. <laughs> is there anything else that anyone would like to add with the you know what they're working on or just real quick i mean i know masks are, are always the hot topic in lewisboro uh, i think they've taken it a step further than probably most of our communities they just instituted an emergency order uh where inside all public places now except for you know taverns and restaurants people have to wear masks and Listen, when it comes down to it, it's all about enforcement. I actually reached out to a, a law enforcement officer over in Lewisboro and I, I, I shot him a little text. I, I said, you know, yeah, this is great, but, you know, how does this get enforced? And, you know, basically told me, like, listen, we're not the mass police. We're not going to, like, walk up to people and, and, and enforce that. But he goes, if a business is having an issue with an unruly customer, we won't put it on and they call us, we'll come and, you know, we'll treat it like uh, disturbance, you know, something like that. For the most part, it's really on the small businesses. If they want to enforce it, if they want to, you know, crack down on it and try to force their customers to put them on, uh, that's the way it's going to be. I don't think you're going to see uh, police officers standing outside of grocery stores making sure people have their masks on. That's not going to happen. But uh, in Lewisboro, yeah, so that's the case in Lewisboro. And it's going to get uh, renewed every five days. It was actually just renewed yesterday. So it's going to be up for renewal every five days as they assess the latest uh, caseload. And I guess the crime that could be committed, in a sense is, you know, especially if a store calls the police, 
ultimately that crime is trespassing. Correct. So, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we've all seen those signs on like uh, convenience stores where they have a sign and with no shoes, no shirt, no service. You know, I don't see how this is any different than that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. kind of thing. Yeah. Please put on some shoes, put on a shirt, you know, put on a mask. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, and uh, lastly, I did put out another call to action yesterday on my Facebook. You might have seen it, Brad. I'm looking for more contributors to yep. my papers. Uh, you know, I, we, I know we're losing Tracy soon, right? I think this week was our last week. All right. So we've already lost her. And this week, we actually had another columnist who just didn't submit one. He, he had trouble keeping up with the de- with the workload and, and the deadline, and he just missed it. So our opinion section was really uh, barren this week. And I'm looking for more local contributors, especially like on, on a really hyper-local basis, especially in uh, Lewisboro. I know we, somebody reached out and said, I love your paper. I want to get some more local flavor when it comes to like nature preserves, historians, people. It's really hard to get neighbors to write a weekly column about issues that are happening in the town. I think everybody likes opining about national issues and things like that because they they watch, they they watch the news. Everybody has an opinion on Cuomo and masks and vaccines. And I'm really, look, I, I'd, I'd really love someone to have some local coverage or comment. Yeah, I'm, I haven't put anything in the paper yet. I've been mulling it, but I, I mean, you know, with losing Tracy, I've already lost Lorenzo Garo, who does make a special appearance every now and then, but... I'd like some people to audition, but, you know, we need somebody obviously who's good and who can write and is committed and will do it, you know, uh, on a, on a weekly basis. And that's hard to find that they're committed and talented all at the same time. So, so maybe I'll do the same thing you did, Brian. Well, I know that, you know, people are already ranting on Facebook. Just send it to me instead and we'll publish in the paper. Along those lines, something kind of exciting that could apply for really all of us is I had a fascinating interview yesterday with a Somers High School graduate, uh, went on to Cornell, studied meteorology, and he has his own hyper local weather service. And so we're, we're, you know, working on a story for him and we got to talking and he was actually interested in doing more of a monthly column, but it would be like a sort of ask the meteorologist question. He actually posted up outside the Acme in Yorktown Heights before Hurricane Henri, is it? Yeah, Uh, Henri. I had no idea that that's what people said. What, no idea fancy way of saying it, and then there's. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to say Henry, so we'll say Henri. But it's actually, Henri because it ends in the I, so it's Henri. Henri. So he's mm. sitting outside the Acme. He's wearing a suit with clouds on it, just to you know help promote his you know to promote his his hyper local weather service. And he actually had people ask questions that you would want to ask a meteorologist. So we had the idea of like, why not turn that into a column where people can write in about their you know, weather-related things. And so, yeah, we're going to give that a try going forward. So kind of stay uh, stay tuned. Well, it could be a local feud in Somers between him and Lee Goldberg. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up and comer versus the crafty veteran. <laughs> well, I know Joe Rayola is around here too. I, I saw, I met him once in an Oktoberfest around here. <laughs> so anyway, guys, I appreciate your time and I hope uh, you guys have the rest, great rest of your week and, uh, you know, great conversation today. Thank Thanks, you. Brett. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Brett.